The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. what's up (laughs) let's just restart this it's too late now copy that hey it's the hall sky podcast we're your host steven and kyle and this is the unofficial sponsor monster it's fucking so good it's pretty crispy today so good yeah so that's how we're starting today off anyway um, how's your week going, Kyle? It's all right. It could be better. Got- it, it was pretty impressive when Doge was up, though. I was pretty stoked. Hell <laughs> yeah. Making fat gains. True. Got my second COVID shot today, everyone. So that sucks. I am fully vaccinated. I got all the 5Gs in me. And I'm the polar opposite. I do not. <clears throat> Kyle has no 5Gs. No, none. Pretty Zero. Sure. Zip. Nada. Nilch. Nunskis. Nunskis. But today I got a little, I was going to say a cryptid story, but I don't think it's a cryptid. I don't know. We'll get there when we get there. Sick. First, we're going to go through the business. So check us out at all of our uh, social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, you know, all that good shit. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Come over, hang out with us, share memes, any kind of weird Articles you find, send them our way, and I'll save them for Roll the Dice for all our Patreon uh, members. It's a fun thing we do. Um, If you have a listener submission story you'd like to send to us, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. It is literally the same way you do it any other week, and that would be record yourself by any means necessary or write it out, then send it over to the Holoscope, or no, Hollow Sky Podcast at gmail.com. I know, I'm terrible. Hollow Sky Podcast at gmail.com. Hollow Sky Podcast. If to you the, don't know by now, to the hollow guys. Know. The hollow guys. The 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 famous of the famouses. Anyway. Yeah, where are we at? Send in listener submissions over. Um, if you'd like to support the show, we have a couple ways you can do that. We have a Patreon, you can go over there, check out the tiers, see if there's something that wets your whistle and you'd like to support us. You can just sign up for that and get some cool shit, some stickers, some, I think I got magnets I'm sending out, and buttons, and there's a tier for t-shirts, all kinds of good shit. We've also got a Venmo, if you just like to throw us some monster bucks over there for our, our monster addiction, you can do that. It is an addiction. That's pretty cool, but the best way you can support us is by telling your friends to listen to us, spreading the hollow sky around the globe, share us on social medias, share us to all your weird friends, just help us get our numbers up. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, oh yeah. You can also go to wherever you catch podcasts, your podcatcher if you will, and leave us a rating and review. That helps out a ton. 
And um, if you leave us a five-star rating and review, and I find it, I will gladly shout you out, as I'm going to do right now. This one is from our friend Equus, LOL. Equus, LOL. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. I apologize if I did not. This is great host and podcast. Five stars. Really enjoy listening to the podcast while at work and driving in the early hours of the morning. Keep up the good work. Well, Equus, LOL. Thank you for taking the time to leave us that little dope-ass review. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, it's like that's my favorite part is reading these. Even the ones that aren't so great. Because joke's on them. Long hair, don't care. <laughs> we are way off the mark today. So and I don't have long bear hair. with us. I don't have long hair, but apparently my hair makes me look like a handsome man. I got hit on by... <laughs> I'm like, please let this be going somewhere. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> I got hit on by like a 70-year-old lady. Oh, that's sick. It was sick. Cougar I was there, life. I was there at the Casey's house. Casey, shout out Casey's house. There's a new new cashier there. She's probably about seventy. I get my stuff, and she's looking at me, and she's like, "I really like your hair and your beard." Double down. You're a really handsome man, <laughs> and I'm like, "Thank you. Like you just made my day. That that was sweet. I appreciate you." There's just something about the little old ladies that call you honey. I know. And like my hair is the most basic bitch hair on the planet. It is. Can't confirm. I take (laughs) a pair of clippers and just buzz it off. But. But I'm handsome. So. (laughs) Some people's basic bitch is another woman's handsome man. Hey. To each their own. (laughs) To each their (laughs) own. That was not where I thought this was going to go today. It's sick. Anyway, circling back around, we're going to head into our listener submission of the day. Today's listener submission comes from our friend Lauren. Here is Lauren's submission. Hey guys, this is Lauren from South Carolina. I just wanted to share a little story with you. Um, But before I do, I wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying the podcast Like a lot of people, I found you through the confessionals, and y'all are becoming one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I just love the rapport that you guys have together, and the variety of show topics um, really keeps it interesting. Um, So here's my story. I have a bunch of stories, by the way. I have a ton of ghost stories and and weird things, Um, but... Something got me thinking, one of your, actually several of your shows, where you've cautioned people against uh, practicing in witchcraft and the occult, that sometimes it can have negative ramifications. Um, And I'm also doing research about folk magic uh, for a research report that I have to do for school. And I came across something interesting from a book and I'll read you a segment of it after I tell you the first part and that is um, I used to have a friend back when I was a teenager and this friend was kind of the rebel of the group Um, she was definitely into like dark things uh, dark makeup dark music and um, We set things on fire a lot. (laughs) But anyway, um, she had a book of spells. I'm not sure how she acquired them. But there was this guy that rejected her or rebuffed her in some kind of way. Like, she didn't really know this guy that well. But I guess he kind of hurt her feelings. And she put a curse on him. And the curse was that... What, whatever pain he caused her would come back to him times three. And come to find out within a couple of weeks, three shitty things had indeed happened to him. They weren't life-threatening, but they were inconvenient and kind of spooky to him. And, of course, she never told him that she had done that, I don't think. But um, 
before I tell you the next part, I just want to read you this from, this book is called uh, Backwoods Witchcraft by Jake Richards, and it says, any kind of curse or retaliation must be justified, and the punishment must fit the crime. If not, the scales will tip back on you since you created a larger imbalance than they. If the work is justified and fits the crime, the target can't get it removed until the spirits deem it over. Uh, and so what I wanted to share with you guys is that I just find it so strange that actually a few years after she put the curse on that uh, young man, she was actually hit by a car and killed. Uh, we were 16 years old. Um, and the person driving the car was actually a young lady that we went to school with. Um, I had moved far away by that point, but I flew back to my home state to attend her funeral. I was the only one in a crowd full of teenagers that spoke on her behalf and how much she affected my life and um, I was just thinking back on it and after I read that sort of tying everything together between listening to your podcast and reading this book and I just kind of wonder if her fate had something to do with her messing with witchcraft um, so I just wanted to share that, maybe a cautionary tale. I'm sure there are plenty of people who listen to your show that do practice in witchcraft. I myself do not, and I do not recommend it, but just wanted to share that little tidbit with you, and I have tons of ghost stories, paranormal stories, and I actually used to be a metaphysical hypnotist, and I have a lot of weird stories about that too if you ever want to chat about it i'd be happy to share thanks guys have a good one well first off lauren thank you so much for taking the time to submit your story um second off i got pretty fucking heavy pretty quick a little bit so r.i.p yeah, kyle is r.i.p first off well that's second off kyle's kyle's big on not fucking around with the occult yeah i don't we don't typically throw caution to people well i don't i say just don't fuck with it and the fact that and i say send us cursed objects so, well yeah you have that it's the yin I mean, and the yang yeah exactly i that's not the first time i've been referenced that but anyways uh i really have to applaud you in your library aficionado book picking skills Sounds like a pretty legit book. Backwoods witchcraft. Kyle, that kind of it made me Kyle's interest. It well, it made me chuckle because the name, but the the section that you actually took out of it. I mean, it makes total sense, right? Yeah, like don't like, don't do nefarious shit unless you want nefarious shit to happen to you. Well, it's saying like hey, it's just get it's just flat out telling you, hey, that's fine. You want to make somebody's life suck. You can do that, but get ready for the suck to come back. They had to have had had made your life suck first. Like this has to be like a dual a scales a, of justice thing, a right? dual suck, like a scales of justice situ situation. And if the spirits, quote unquote, deem that okay, you might have been a little bit overstepping here. So here's what's gonna happen. If we deem that you fucked up, it's going to come back to you so much harder. Yeah, like, I don't know the ins and outs, but like sevenfold or tenfold or... Yeah, well, and... That's that's a that's a big risk you got to take. Well, and you know, I kind of feel like the spirits might have been a little petty. Because that... Getting hit by a car... Is not exactly smiting a boyfriend or an ex, right? Yeah, I mean, but if it's tenfold though, but fuck, I mean, what'd she do to him to warrant her death, her angriness? 
I don't know, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like apparently, because he would have had to hurt her. He, she flipped it and was like, "Okay, well, whatever I dealt or I felt, you're gonna get three times that." So he got three, three shitty things that happened. Yeah, and then the spirits. And Karma's like, "Well, that was that was a little too much." Yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and flip this back onto you. Seventy times. However many times worse, which inevitably results in your death. I just feel like that's a little fucking extreme. Yeah. but I don't know how the uh, occult spirits work. Yeah, I was going to say, and then when you're dealing with the occult, uh, all bets are off every time. So They uh, probably didn't get that reputation from doing good stuff. Right. And you asked us if it if it could be linked. I'd say, yeah, it could be, definitely be linked. Why not? Yeah, pro- probably just as much of a chance of it being a coincidence. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where I'm at with that. I mean... Like I said, it it's one of them fields that definitely worries me. I'm not I will not be shy about that. It definitely worries me because I don't know anything about it. And I know that I've heard plenty of stories where people have experimented with it thinking they know what they're doing and they mess just one little bit up of the spell or the incantation and it all goes sideways for them. So but then, you know, how do you become a pro? I guess. Practice makes I, perfect. I Trial so. and error. I guess so, man. But now when you have to pay the piper. True. Well, I also want to thank you for all your kind words at the beginning of your submission. Yeah. Um, that was dope. Makes our egos kind of like swell up a little bit there. A wee bit. And please, if you are interested, send the rest of your stories. That'll be awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Thanks again, Lauren, for your submission. Um, from there, we are going to dive right into my little story that I put together for everybody and see how this goes. I decided to cover today's story because this particular entity was in our Cryptid March Madness, which had some people asking as to who or what it is. Um, I don't actually know. Oh. We don't know if it's a cryptid or an extraterrestrial, an interdimensional being. Well, I've heard nothing about it, so... Some fucking lunatic in a mask. I I just say, you tell me the story, and then I'll tell you what it is at the end. The Well, the local sheriff just says it's mass hysteria, so... Well, the local sheriff isn't me. That's true. It could be, though. Well, I will reiterate, he's not me. (laughs) So our story actually takes place not too far from us, about really? two hours. Yeah, in the small town of Mattoon, Illinois. Is that north, south? I don't know. I think it's up by Peoria, down by Peoria, up by Peoria. It's Damn. somewhere around Peoria. I wonder if I've trimmed that place. Probably. You've been all over, dog. Dude, it sounds really familiar. I bet I have. I imagine so. It's not. I, I mean, two I hours. I guarantee far. I have. Um, that's kind of why I decided to put them in the March Madness bracket because you got to rep your home state and just, it's what I do. Anyway, our story starts out in the early morning of August 31st, 1944. It's at the home of the Rafe family. Miss Rafe was awoken by her husband asking her if she had turned the gas off to the stove that evening. When he got out of bed to check, he collapsed to the floor and began to vomit and not be able to move. When Miss Rafe got out of bed to try to help her husband, she too collapsed to the floor, also seemingly paralyzed. They both remained on the floor for over an hour before they were able to regain movement and call the authorities. When the cops got there, they looked around and didn't find anything strange or out of the ordinary. Considering they didn't find anything attributed to the incident, the authorities just wrote it off as a minor gas leak. No big deal, right? That's until the following night when the gas struck again, along with a perpetrator. The following evening at the house of the Kearney family, Aileen was spending the evening with her two young daughters. Her husband, Bert, was a taxi driver, so she often found herself at the house alone with just her daughters to keep her company. That evening, she was a little uh, extra apprehensive because uh, it's stated that the family cashed a pretty significant check earlier that day, so she had her sister come over to stay the night with her and the girls. Bert would be working late, doing his taxi driving, so she was kind of on edge having that much money in their house. So they were big ballers. <clears throat> yeah. It didn't 
help her apprehensiveness that it was super warm in September. We know how Illinois September can be. It could be fucking 90. It can be 40. Right. Just kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. So the family lived in this one-story house, and they had their windows all open. Keep in mind the time frame here. It's right in the middle of World War II. Everybody's on edge. Got all kinds of crazy shit going on. Mattoon itself was on edge already because a German prisoner of war that was being held at a local internment camp in Peoria had escaped. Mattoon police were on high alert looking for these escapees, so it kind of had everybody on edge. All Eileen could do was try to turn in for the night. She had the company of her youngest daughter in bed with her as the little girl wasn't able to sleep. As she laid there with her daughter, her nerves already kind of playing games with her. She thought she saw movement outside of her bedroom window. She glanced outside and decided it might just be her mind playing tricks on her. However, just a few minutes later, she noticed the air in the room start to change. It became heavy and thick and almost hard to breathe with this weird sweet, overpowering smell enveloping the bedroom. Aileen's first reaction was to jump up and try to shut the bedroom window, but when she went to pull herself out of the bed, she realized that she had lost control of her arms and legs and crashed to the floor. At the same time, her three-year-old daughter, Dorothy, started crying and screaming and asking her mom why she, too, couldn't move her arms or legs. The screams and cries of Aileen and Dorothy would wake up Aileen's sister, Martha, who would in turn sprint to the neighbor's house to try to, relieve, or try to retrieve help. Conveniently, at almost the same time, Bert pulls in from his shift into the driveway, unaware of what was taking place in his home. As his headlights illuminated his front yard, his stomach would drop as he would see a dark figure leaning through their open bedroom window. Okay, so I'm going to stop you right here because I'm analyzing, and I'm thinking about the, the, the first case in this one, and there are similarities, but there are also differences because in the first one, they reported the smell of gas. What they assumed was gas. The police kind of pushed that narrative. I okay. Like. I was like, because the second one, they said it was a little bit sweeter. Yeah. And then, you know, your similarities is that there is basically something that paralyzes you, for lack of better words. Because we've all smelled natural gas. Yeah. And I've never been paralyzed. Right. And that's what I was going to ask, too, is if that was, say you were sitting in it all night, is is that something that can happen? Ooh, I don't know. And then another thing that, you know, the sheriff wants to blame it on mass hysteria, but this dude pulling up has no idea of what the fuck's going on at all whatsoever, and he still sees a figure outside the window. Yeah, leaning into the window. So, therefore, in my opinion, mass hysteria checked off. Gone. Bye. Yeah. So, Bert's pulling in. Headlight. It's the same thing everybody does all the time. The headlights, you know, kind of swoop. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. You see somebody hanging in your bedroom window where you know your wife and kids are. I would have floored that fucking car. He described the figure as being tall and thin. Bert said it looked like the figure was wearing a black suit, held a long metal tool of some sort, and was wearing a strange face mask. Bert did what any of us would do. He jumped out of the car and decided to chase this masked motherfucker down the street. He chased the entity down an alleyway and down a back street, unable to catch up with him as the entity disappeared. By the time he returned home, he found his wife and daughter recovering from the incident, as well as a lot of uh, police force and EMTs trying to make sure that the women were all right. Not long after the intruder had escaped from Burt Kearney, another incident started lighting up police lines just a few blocks away from the Kearney residence. This was at the home of the Ryder family. Miss Ryder was awakened at the cries and sounds of her children, the cries and sounds of vomiting from her children's room right across the hall. As she jumped out of bed, she noticed a heavy, sweet-smelling mist had drifted in through her open bedroom window and had started to overtake her. She was in the mind enough to cover her face and contact the authorities. While on the way, the authorities were alerted yet again to another incident of sweet-smelling gas in almost the same vicinity, just a couple blocks away. So all happened right. Boom, 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 same night. So are these happening at the same time, or is it like one kind of right after the other? Yeah. So So it's it's almost like in, in theory it would be like, He's, he shoots this window. He runs up to the next house, shoots this window. Yeah. And he's just. That's kind of what I'm feeling as he's trying to escape. That's, that's kind of bizarre because it's almost like he, that had to have been borderline premeditated. 
I mean, you took the time to make the gas. Well, you know, and then I don't know. And then I don't know because then you'd have to bank on the odds that people leave their windows open, or you figure out a way to open the windows. Yeah. In the second case, were they throwing up? Yes. Okay, so all three cases now. Yeah. Everybody's throwing up. By the next morning, the local media had already coined a name for this entity. The local papers were alive with the attack of the mad gasser of Mattoon. Some people blame the newspaper for over-sensationalizing the story and prompting mass hysteria, which eventually the sheriff would write this all off as. See, I could see once the news ran with it, then yeah, it, it would cause a little bit of mass hysteria. And not to mention, if it's true, which I haven't done the homework, but if it's true that uh was it a german captive or a nazi captain so they said they said german and it's world war ii so it's easy to kind of connect them dots right now it is extremely convenient that that person escapes and then these things start to happen that's fucking bizarre weird right i'm definitely not gonna rule mr nazi out Uh, I love how it just like right, right to the Nazis. Yeah, like, and I mean, and they were notorious for experimentation. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, by the morning of September fifth, the Mattoon Police Department had received four more reports of gas attacks. The details in each of these attacks were eerily similar, even though through witness statements, none of the witnesses had compared notes or had time checked their stories. In each of the cases, the victims complained of a sickeningly sweet odor that caused them to become sick and slightly paralyzed for up to 30 minutes to an hour at a time. This would lead up to the evening of September 5th, when the first real evidence of of the attacker would be found. That evening, one Miss Leonard Burrell was on the phone with the police in absolute terror, reporting that she had just walked in on a terrifying masked intruder trying to climb through her bedroom window in her home. As the authorities raced to the Bureau home, they would come upon an even more bizarre scene that was taking place directly across the street at the home of the Cordes family. The family had been stirred awake by their dog, who was agitated and angrily barking at the front door. Carl Cordes told his family to stay in their rooms, already on edge from the news of the intruders from the previous few days. Carl grabbed his rifle and made his way to the front door to see what the dog was fussing about. When he opened his front door, he saw that his screen door had been forced open. He noticed a figure in a dark suit sprinting down the road. Shortly thereafter, his wife, uh, Beulah, came up to check on him. Upon inspecting the porch, they noticed a small white cloth and what they thought was a small empty lipstick tube. Beulah reached down to pick up the cloth when she realized it was soaking wet and noticed a weird smell coming from it. As she held it up close to her nose, she immediately felt nauseated and lightheaded. She nearly fainted and her husband had to help her inside. Moments later, her lips and face would begin to swell, her mouth bleeding, as well as vomiting bile and blood. The symptoms lasted for almost two hours. The ambulance arrived to check up and treat Miss Cordes, and the police were called, and they took the cloth into evidence. As they searched the property, they found something else. It was a strange, well-worn skeleton key. They decided the prowler was probably trying to break into the house, but it failed. Apparently, he had dropped his lipstick along with cloths with the gas residue on it as well. He dropped his lipstick? Yeah. Seems a little yeah. bizarre. It's almost like the tube was containing whatever he's putting that's in what I. That's what I'm thinking. And it, another thing, at that, do we know if at that time a lot of houses used skeleton, skeleton keys? I was wondering that too. Because that seems like... 1944. Like, it should be a pretty important detail, especially the fact that it's fairly, like, it's a really worn skeleton key. Yeah, like he'd been just checking houses, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. Like, that, I don't know. I feel like that should be a pretty important detail. And then, I don't know. This this is a fucking bizarre one. This This case in itself is bizarre. And I haven't heard it all yet, so I need to shut the fuck up. And, I mean, the way that it affected... Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice. And you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, 
their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, Miss Cortez is terrifying. It's like it's getting worse. Terrifying. You know, when you're I wonder if it. Blood. I wonder if it was because she became more like way closer contact with it. Like yeah. it's right fucking there. Yeah. When it's in a gas form, it's probably diluted. Oh, there you go. There you go. Potent. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and she came in with like the hardcore liquid form. Yeah. Another similar attack was reported later that night. It was reported that he was seen spraying gas into an open window once again. No further details were apparent from that particular encounter. The next night, September 6th, the further six attacks were reported in Mattoon, primarily around the North Street area. One of the reports were that of Robert Daniels. He reported that he was startled awake by what he thought was a weird metallic scratching sound coming from somewhere out of his home. As he made his way to his bedroom window, he would see what he described as a tall figure in a dark suit and mask holding a metallic implement spraying gas through his neighbor's open window. Daniel would rush out of his home to try to confront the intruder, but by the time he made it, the entity had vanished. He made his way to his neighbor's window to check on the damage, and he was horrified at what he saw. His 64-year-old neighbor, Fred Goebel, was lying in the middle of the kitchen floor, coughing and choking uncontrollably. It would take hours for the effects to wear off uh, wear off of Goebel, and he was unable to recall the events of that evening. Um, the next night he would strike again in what I feel like is one of the creepiest encounters yet. This time the gasser went for the home of Miss Francine Smith, the local grade school principal um, that she shared with her sister. Both women recanted hearing a strange buzzing noise before their rooms began to fill with a sweet-smelling blue mist. As the mist filled the room, they were unable to move, seemingly paralyzed in their beds. As they lay there helpless, they both reported that the gasser would return to their windows, watching each of them separately for an extended amount of time before retreating into the night. That's fucking creepy. It is creepy, and it's almost like he's observing, just observing yeah. the effects of it, you know? That's what I was thinking, too. And this this dude, or whatever it is, has got some fucking balls, because, like, he's got no chill. He's like, they all know I'm here, but I'm still going to go out every single night and do my business. Like that first or the the second night when those three were right in a row, like the cops are already out there. Yeah, and he's, he's getting chased by husbands, and he's like, "Fuck it, let's still just spraying go. dogs, let's just still go. spraying." And what, another thing that I would like to know, which we probably won't find out, is how at this time these cases that we've already gone over, how tight lip is the description of the guy? Oh yeah, I don't know because that kind of. That changes the game too, because if it if it is being pretty tight lipped right now, and they're all describing the same thing, that was definitely fucking that something was going mentioned. on. Mentioned, I don't know if I put it down, but they were they all mentioned a black suit. They all yep. They mo all mentioned some weird kind of mask. I'm assuming it's probably a gas mask. Oh yeah, without question. Sort. Yeah, and for he sure. had like a black hood, like a cap. They said. Mm-hmm. So eventually, the authorities were just out 
outwitted by whoever the fuck this was. So they decided to call in two FBI agents from nearby Springfield to look into the case. But their presence did nothing to deter this dude. Um, the panic and rumors and everything began to just overtake the town that the attacker was uh, the German spy who had escaped and now he's testing some sort of biochemical. Was it someone from a local insane asylum that had got out? It was Bro, I almost feel like, not to cut you off, but I, no, I almost feel like it could be possible that the German spy is a cover-up. Oh, yeah. It's perfect for the time. Yeah, without question. Because who, who is a bigger a bigger baddie than the Axis powers? And especially if at this time the majority of people were aware that the Germans were experimenting with shit like this. Yeah. And then... It's the, it's, it's the ultimate... Yeah, and I say that because that... Dude... I mean, run the run the logic here. This spy would have had to have broken out, broke out of his confinement, and then somehow found the suit, a mask, the chemical that he was testing. Yeah, and then have a a, a retreating spot where he can go hide. Especially if he was a prisoner. Yeah, you know, like this—that's far fucking fetched. Yeah, if you're a prisoner, you didn't know you were going to get taken here. You sure as fuck aren't going to know. Like um, how to produce this strange mystery gas, and then you're just yeah. trying it out on some small ass town in Illinois. Unless the the only the only reasonably thing I could think of is that he wasn't a German spy; he was a German something or another. And this is this is even more far fetched than him being a cover <laughs> I love story. It. Run it <laughs> would be that he got captured. They started interrogating him about what he did, and this, that, and the other. And then the government's like, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We'll let you keep running your experiments. We'll let you break out of prison. <laughs> we'll, you not do a, we'll not do a very good job catching you. <laughs> yes, and you can run these experiments. As long as those, at this point forward, those experiments benefit the United States and not Nazi Germany. Yep, that's exactly what happened. So, from here, we got the FBI in. Rumors are running rampant. People are fucking scared. So, armed citizens started putting posses out. Of course. Absolutely. Organizing watches, patrols at night to try to thwart any further attacks. Did it? No. No. See, and that is fucking bizarre, too. You know that you've got 15, 20 people out there with at least shotguns. And you're just like, I'm still going to spray houses, bitch. Don't care. It's reported that the attacks were becoming more frequent and the attacker was now leaving behind evidence such as footprints and sliced window screens. Local citizens in a vigilante group did manage to arrest one suspect as the gasser, but he passed a polygraph test and was later released. Local businessmen announced that they would hold a mass protest rally on Sunday, September 10th to put more pressure on the already pressured Mattoon police force. Now the gasser was becoming more than a threat to just the town and the or just the people of the town. He was starting to become a negative smudge on the public image. Yeah. Like he's becoming a political problem now. Right. I would also like to know why the guy was arrested in the first place. The one that they arrested and he passed the polygraph oh, yeah. and let go. I don't know. I didn't fucking look into that. I don't know. I feel like like I now I feel vested in this investigation where I'm like, man. <laughs> We'll figure this fucking shit out. Um, it stated that by September 10th, which is a little over about a week and a half, uh, paranoia was at a fucking paramount. Oh, They're bringing imagine. in more FBI agents to track down, try to figure out the type of gas that's being used. Um, the police force had to be divvied up between looking for the gasser and trying to keep the armed citizens off the street because it's getting that bad. Yeah, I can imagine. And then just the just the amount of FBI that, like, it's one thing when your local PD can't do it and you bring in a couple FBI agents, but you start seeing more and more and more FBI agents show up. You're, you're, yeah. You start to realize, like, Shit's getting oh, bad. shit, like, this is not good. Yeah, and now you've got you've got your, your farmers and your citizens of small town in Illinois. They're like, these fucking, 
the police and FBI aren't doing a goddamn thing, so now we've got to get together. Now the cops are going to have to split their time up to try mm-hmm. to keep these people yeah. from yeah. fucking witch hunting, you know? So um, the following Saturday night after the 10th, it said that several dozen well-armed people of the town and surrounding towns had joined the patrols in Mattoon. It's just getting huge, yeah. right? Several dozen, you're talking 50, 60 people. Did it stop the attacks? No. In spite of this, six more attacks took place Saturday night. Jesus. That's so bizarre. Yes. Six more attacks reported. Um, Another couple, Mr. and Mrs. Stuart B. Scott, came home to their house at the edge of Mattoon late in the evening to find their house filled with the sweet-smelling gas. This kind of seemed to be the last straw for Mattoon authorities. Uh, Several gas attacks were reported on the night of September 11th. They were dismissed as false alarms. Like, the police now are just like, no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. Newspaper accounts of the affair began to take a more, like, skeptical tone. Like, they're like, man, it could be a gasser, but yeah, maybe it's just not. I'm just, at this point, I am really confused. Like, I, I at this point in the story, I think it's a physical entity. Yeah, and I mean, it in... It's almost like the police got so fed up with it, they're like, we need to start a smear campaign. You know? Yeah. Because you have you have victims that are physically hurt. Yeah. Well, physically reacted to the gas, I should say. You're starting to get material evidence left behind. Yep. The the footprints, tube, the screens being cut. The tube, the key, which yeah, is yeah, fucking weird. The key weird. is strange. And um the police just flat out started to just write off new reports of attacks. They said, they essentially said the residents are just buying into the mass hysteria and they're imagining shit. You come home, you smell oil, you smell gas in your house? No, it's not. See, I don't know. My question is, is how the fuck did this guy stay so far ahead of not only the police, the FBI, but what, 50, 60 armed citizens all at once. He was able to dodge them all without being caught. It, it, it almost borderline which sounds crazy, suggests that somebody is feeding him intel on where he needs to go. Dude, they they went so far, like different portions of the newspaper went so far to say that the the women of the area who had husbands overseas were dreaming this up. Oh, okay. Dreaming this up as as like a form of attention. Bro, like... Like how fucked up is that? This has, for me, this has, I'm not going to say governmental but this has some type of cover-up written all the fuck over it and and to even put that out there just blatantly ignore that people are physically getting hurt the victims and witnesses were fucking men <laughs> well well you had the one chick that was fucking puking blood yeah and, and her face just got being swole. like it was it's just a, a fantasy yeah it's just yeah. it's just a cry for attention fake news um it stated that the police chief of Mattoon issued what he felt like was the final statement on the gas attack September 12th. He stated that large quantities of carbon tetrachloride gas were used at this local um, Atlas Diesel engine company and that this gas must be what's causing the reported cases of illness and paralysis. You know what I would have said? Just pollution. You know what I would have said? I would have said, let's put it on a rag and put it next to your face <laughs> and see if you start puking blood. He stated that it was probably just an odd wind that carried it through the town for the last few days and uh, that the stains on that were found on the rag at one of the homes probably also just a coincidence. Oh, yeah, of course. As for the mad gasser himself, simply a figment of, their, of everyone's imagination. Yeah, of course. He is stated and quoted in saying this whole thing was a mistake from beginning to end. Not surprisingly, though, you got the spokesperson for Atlas Diesel being like, what in the fuck are you talking about, dog? <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, he's like, he's like, my company's been here for so long and has never been a concern for the town. He's like, the only use for that gas that we have in the plant is in our fucking fire extinguishers. Oh. And aside from that, it has never caused any fucking effects in anyone in the city before. Like, how, how all of a sudden is this gas coming in and making people fucking pass out and be paralyzed and also leaving footprints and also cutting and screen when, doors. And that's when and... the cops are like, oh, yeah, he's under the, the mass hysteria as well. Yeah. 
anyways, and you know, over here, was like everybody look over here now. Yep, and and it's 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 weird that so many of the descriptions of the gasser are almost fucking identical. Yeah. yeah. And all their police reports. And the one that gets me without question, without question, is the dude pulling up to his house because he has no fucking idea what's going on and he sees a motherfucker leaning in the window. Yep. First night. Yeah. The first night. Like, get out of here. Like, there's no way that that dude is dreaming shit up. Can't, there's yeah, no, that's ex- way. Exactly no way. Exactly what I have here. Um, they neglect to explain how different witnesses report seeing a man of the gasser's description. Fleeing the scene of attack when nobody knew an attack had happened. Exactly. Like there's there's no fucking way, man. It does not make sense. So the last attack happened on September 13th, and um it is also a really strange one. It occurred at the home of Bertha Bench and her son Orville. Bertha found her son incapacitated on the floor, coughing and wheezing. Um, as she was there. Looking in, she saw what she thought was a woman dressed in man's clothing who had sprayed gas into the bedroom window. That's bizarre. She said that uh, the figure was had a very feminine shape, and that's that's basically what she said. It had a mask, had the wand, and it looked like a woman in wearing men's clothing. I wonder if that could attest for the, the the fact that everybody described the gasser as slim, basically. Yeah, kind of. You know, maybe these other people didn't get close enough or had the mental capa- capacity at the time to even put those together. Because I would imagine when you're in that type of situation, most people don't function on that level. Like, it turns into this whole fight or flight. Yeah. And you're not... You know, because I, I got robbed over in St. Louis once, and when they started asking me details on the, the robbery, like, I was face-to-face with the guys. And I was so dumbfounded, and it all happened so yeah. fast. Oh, I can't even... That happens so much. Like, I can't even remember what they looked like. Nothing. Yeah, 100%. Um, another strange aspect of this final case was that the next morning when the police came to investigate... There were fit footprints made outside her outside of Orville's bedroom window, and they were footprints of a woman's high-heeled shoe found in the dirt. Okay, and that you know, changes the game. Which kind of leads credence to the lipstick tubes. Oh, touche. Touche. My question would... But then, I mean, she could have had a different pair of shoes on the other fucking times. Yep. But she's got to be brazen as all hell to be out there pumping gas in people's houses in high heels. Outrunning, dude. That's what dude. I'm saying. That's so crazy. Holy, um, that's bizarre. That was the last time that the Mad Gasser had ever actually was ever actually seen or heard from. It just stopped as soon as it came in. They don't know if that the presence of uh, the vigilantes and the FBI and the police were getting so prevalent <laughs> that it just stopped. Um, I got a couple notes jotted down here. I got a theory. Um. What was the motive? No one was injured outside of the effects of the gas. When these people were incapacitated, the gasser did not break into the houses. He did not fucking steal anything. Well, he didn't hurt the people. He, uh, and I'm saying he just as, as is, but, um, it's just like he was observing the effects of the gas. Yeah. Nothing more. Yeah. Yeah. It was not the first time that this uh, kind of style had been used. Uh, There was a case in Lake County, Florida in 1935 that these thieves had used a flit gun filled with medical anesthesia to make people pass out so they could rob their houses. There was also a spat of crimes in 1933 in rural West Virginia. 13 different households reported a gas or reported attacks by gas-wielding assailants using gas distribu- distributing apparatuses. Uh, they were chased away before any of the victims were incapacitated. But police reports state that there were multiple offenders, which is kind of different than uh, Mattoon. Yeah. They're, the reports varied from two to four. They also used the car to escape, which there was no 
record of a car in Mattoon. They even said that these four people went as far as to blocking the entrances to people's homes with trees and rocks before gassing them, but to no avail. The thing that ties it together is that there are reports that some of these assailants in Virginia were also females wearing heels. Interesting. So odds are, in a weird way, they are probably connected. Could be. I've got it written down like, was Virginia a practice run for whatever took place in Mattoon? Because, in all honesty, it wouldn't be that far-fetched to assume there isn't more than one assailant in Mattoon. Yeah, which would make it way easier if there's 60 fucking people around. Not only that, but it would make it way easier for the one right after the other reports. Because if you had a group of people basically all doing it at the same time, but the reports are coming in at different times, and they would make it easier for them all to disperse and not get caught. Uh, could it be a copycat? Could someone in or around Mattoon have heard about the Virginia uh, spat and be like, you know what, I could probably pull this the fuck off and then try it? Don't know. Another, I, I would definitely consider that somebody would at least consider that. This might be the guy who was arrested. Don't quote me on it, but I have this noted here. There was kind of an outcast that lived in Mattoon named Farley Llewellyn. Um, rumors stated that he was fascinated with harmful gases and substances and stuff. And it's said that a lot of the people who suffered from the attacks were classmates and teachers of his. That's interesting. So I think he, he may be the one that was taken in for questioning, but I don't know that for a fact. Well, that would make sense. I also have, was it some kind of alien or interdimensional entity? Came to this came to this plane to test these gases out to see their effects on humans. This would explain why he was wasn't caught. Yeah, but it would it would if you can fly in and out of the veil. It would almost discredit the heel and footprint and that type of theory. Maybe they got to wear shoes too. It's possible. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. (laughs) I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent wrong. I think. I think your last one is my bet. Oh, yeah. I've also got access intruder testing biological agents. Like Kyle said, the Nazi, uh, the German that was captive was actually a Nazi, and he so conveniently managed to escape. I just feel like that's a cover story. Found found the suit, found the gas mask, found the apparatus, found all the stuff he needed to mix the gas that they were testing, and went about his business. Or was this a test that the United States Army was using to try to test these biological agents out. Bro, that's my, that's my, that's, I, if I had to put my money anywhere, that's where I'm putting my money. Sounds awfully suspicious. Dude, I, I think without question, the German dude is straight up cover story. Yeah, because, because like we stated. Why the fuck would you send them to Illinois? Yeah, they are the big bads. And, and, and Illinois is, Illinois is perfect, a perfect place for testing shit like that. Small town nowhere. Yeah, you got, like Igor said, small flyover fly town, town yep. that nobody thinks twice about. Yep. You can go yeah, in without there. Without question, man, without question. Because why in the fuck would the FBI come? No one's dead. No one's missing. Yeah. And, I mean, essentially. Other than the local PD, quote, you know, not being able to handle it. That's it. But they have the, the state of the FBI was there within a week. Oh, that's fucking weird. You know, and and the gas isn't killing anyone. Yeah, that's bizarre. I mean, it would almost it would almost be like, well, the FBI is gonna help negate problems and, or monitor how. Yeah, the that's gas is, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, if maybe one of these people would have come up caught, then yeah. you know, the FBI is gonna help negate that. They could have been escalating the the town folk. Yeah. Because the more people you have out there, the crazier the shit is. Granted, on one hand, it's going to be harder to not get caught, but it also could help you not get caught because everybody's emotions are so fucking high. Yeah, that's a good They're point. They're chasing shadows on the left side of town yeah. when you're spraying gas on the right side of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, 
a fun theory that I thought about is that it could have been a type of mass hysteria, but it would have still took at least local law enforcement or some type of cover up situation. But dude, I mean it it almost borderline screams MK Ultra. Oh yeah. Like if if they were somehow even if there was no physical gas being sprayed, but if they could somehow influence these people and then inter- introduce uh, an LSD or or something to that effect, and then then you start seeing yes, yeah. yeah. But the the you maybe know maybe it was yeah maybe it was induced mass hysteria. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah that's what I'm getting at. And but you know how would you negate? How would you form the same description in everybody's? I don't know. That's where it gets tricky for me because I don't know anything about that shit, so that would make it really yeah, hard. I mean, once once descriptions started getting out, it wouldn't be that hard. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. gonna you're being in a town that's being essentially held under siege by this gas this gas bring intruder. Yeah, you're you're gonna start looking for him. You're gonna start looking for a person in the black suit, a person in the mask. Right. So eventually, it's gonna all come about. My question is, why didn't people start shutting their fucking windows? A. <laughs> Valid it's fucking be the question. First if my neighbor comes and said, hey, I was sprayed with gas and I was throwing up blood for two hours, I'd be like, fuck <laughs> this. I'll sweat tonight. Yeah. Click. Without question. Without question. I, I still think, like, my, I still think it's some type of army test or mil- a government test or something. It, it has to be. Yeah. And, it has to be. I mean, and, and it was right in 1944 is in the. World War Two is fucking running right now. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, and if because if was the also... people knew what or even had an idea that the Nazis were fucking with all that stuff, then that is the perfect cover story, the perfect oh, yeah. cover story. Yeah, um, I used a bunch of different sources here. I'll just link them or shout them out if anybody wants to check them out and do their own research. Uh, American. AmericanHauntingsInc.com has a great uh, article on the Mad Gasser, uh, the li- library.illinois.edu, the Library of Illinois, I'm assuming, has yeah. uh, a nice write-up on it. Uh, Wikipedia's got a lot of information, and uh, the YouTube channel Bedtime Stories, they do some awesome, awesome videos. So I, I listened to him as well and kind of picked apart some of the encounters to uh, put in today's episode. So definitely check them out and throw them some love. Um, it's mind boggling. That's about it. And it's still the fact that it's still no closer to be being solved today than it was in 44. Fucking, right. What is that? 70, 80 years Too ago. Long. And they even had the gas yeah. Or the oh, material yeah, on yeah. the rag. Yeah. And the FBI came in to check it out. Oh, I'm sure they did. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it it's seems weird. convenient. It really does. It, I, if I had to put my money, it's going to be on a cover-up experimental type situation. It's it's creepy, though. Thinking, yeah, for sure. Thinking about coming home and have, having anybody, anybody creeping through your windows, let alone some dude in, like, I just pictured it in, like, Skin tight black leather with a fucking gas mask on, and I would seriously contemplate driving, dri- like running that motherfucker over, <laughs> just right through the house. If I had to, if I saw him going through the window yeah, of my house, dude, I would fucking lose my mind. Yep, heard that. So that's that. Feel free to. Uh, do your own research. Check it out. Tell us what you think. That was pretty sick. That was a good one. Dude, I, I'm kind of digging this. That like, was cool. Digging these lesser known cryptids once I kind of get well into them. Yeah, because when you, like, you, you gave me a brief breakdown on this, and I'm kind of like, eh, it might be cool. You know, it's whatever. But we start getting into it, and then my brain starts running its theories, and I'm like, this is kind of fucking cool. <laughs> like, I dig this. There's some weird shit out there, dog. Bro, and I, it is, and it's, it's, I love how it's so open too. Like, you, I mean, you could easily see how some people could interpret this as like an alien type situation, oh, or yeah. or something to that degree. Like, I, I love open, like no boundaries on topics. It makes shit so much fun. Because when does the Roswell happen? 
47. Mm -hmm. So that was that was after. Yeah. I was gonna say Roswell happened before. That would yeah. People would be all about it. Oh yeah. For and I sure. just think it's fucking weird. This two hours away. Yeah. And like. I will bet you money I've been there and I've trimmed that place. Out. If people didn't know, um, if people weren't into cryptids and weird shit like this, like you'd never know this even happened. No, no. Because when I did the March Madness, people were like, "Who is this? Who is this?" Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Um, yeah, send us some weird shit. Yeah. And until next time, thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. Stay safe. Stay weird. And if some hell-bent for leather interdimensional being is spraying gas through your window, just shut the window.